This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm thrilled to welcome back Hannah Anderson. Hannah lives in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, where she serves alongside her husband. She also cares for their three children and works to find time to write on the side. She's written for a variety of Christian publications and is the author of numbers of books, including Humble Roots, How Humility Grounds and Nourishes Your Soul, and also All That's Good, Recovering the Lost Art of Discernment. You can connect with her at her blog, Sometimes a Light, all one word, dot com, and on social media. Hannah, it is great to have you back on the podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for joining us. What passage do you have for us today? Today's verse is Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is anything morally excellent and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. So this verse is really familiar to me because I think I heard my mother quote this verse to us kids hundreds of times in uh, growing up. But that first word, finally, makes me think, okay, there's something that's gone before it. So why don't we start there? What's the context of this verse? Absolutely. So this is toward the end of the epistle to the Philippian church. Um, It is kind of a wrapping up of all the things that Paul has um, spoken to them. But the verses immediately before this talk about the kind of anxiousness or worry that they might be feeling. And he, he tells them, don't be anxious, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your quest to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so there seems to be this flow of thought about what's going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. What is going to take precedence and priority in, in your thinking? Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, particularly in the last few years, that's been an issue because of living in the digital age mm-hmm. and having so much potential content running through my mind all the time. I feel like I'm just bombarded with information everywhere I turn. Um, it's really hard to shut it off in the day and age that we live in. And it's so easy for that information that's coming at us to just quickly turn to anxious thoughts or quickly turn to this kind of destabilized way of moving through the world. Um, But beyond turning those anxious thoughts over to Christ in prayer and supplication, um, Paul is inviting us to say, well, let's replace that. There's something else that needs to be in your mind and in your gaze and in your focus. And it should be things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable. Things that are excellent and praiseworthy. This is what should be filling your mind. So if I were in elementary school and somehow I was old enough to have my own phone or my own iPod and I'm on social media, so given all those factors, 
And I'm seeing there's a friend's party that happened this past weekend that I didn't get invited to. And I'm not happy with that. And I'm wondering like, what's going on with my social life? What's going on with my friends? Why didn't I get invited? Why did so-and-so get invited? Now, in that context, how do I actually start to apply and live out Philippians 4, 8, the verse you read for Mm. us earlier? Well, the first thing I would recommend is to make that known to God. You know, turn over those anxious thoughts and your fears and your supplications in prayer to God. And that, that comes just prior to this verse. But then as we then have to ask ourselves, well, if I'm not going to worry about this thing or obsess about this thing, what am I going to think about? What am I going to spend time thinking about? And that's where the scripture calls us to fill our minds with good things, to open our eyes to the goodness of the world around us insofar as it reflects the nature and character of God. So we're to look for things that are lovely. That's one of the the words in the, the verse, and that's to look for things that are beautiful, to open our eyes to see the goodness that God has built into the world, even though it's a world broken by disappointments and the fall and sin. It is also a world that he tells us in Genesis 1 that he made good. And so sometimes it's a matter of just opening our eyes and turning our attention to the things that are beautiful that he has made, to the things that he has made that are pure, to the things that are just when we feel that an injustice has come upon us. Well, what are the ways that he is working and he is restoring justice to his world? So I would with my child, if they were struggling with um, a disappointment, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't tell them that that disappointment isn't real. But I would say, let's think of the ways that we have received goodness. Let's think of the beautiful things. Let's think of the pure things, the, the lovely things. And to do that in tandem with offering up our disappointments and worries and fears in prayer to God. So when I've heard this verse talked about before, I've often heard it spoken about in terms of guarding your mind and the things you think about. And I think that's right. But this is not really a negative verse, like don't think about certain things. It's more of a positive verse saying we should think about positive things. How how should we think about this verse in terms of whether it's something we should not be doing or something we should be doing? I have had the same experience that you described where I've come to this verse and I've read it by inserting negatives that aren't actually in the text. So don't think about things that aren't true, right? Mm. Don't think about things that aren't honorable. And I think, like you mentioned, that is a, a valid thing that will happen. If you are thinking about true things, you're not going to spend time thinking about things that are not true. But that's not what the text is actually saying, and it's not what it's teaching. Instead, it's calling us to an embrace and a pursuit and dwelling on those things that are true and excellent and superior. And what's fascinating is this kind of positive trajectory is similar to something that Paul writes in the first few verses of the book of Philippians. Right at the beginning, when he's greeting the Philippian believers, he tells them that he's praying for them. And he's praying something very specific. And this is verse 9 of chapter 1. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so that you may prove the things that are excellent 
and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. And what Paul was praying for them was essentially the same thing that he's reiterating in chapter 4, verse 8, that they would chase after, that they their knowledge of goodness would grow. And from that knowledge of goodness, things that reflect the nature and character of God, from that knowledge, they would grow in their wisdom and their discernment so that they would be pure and blameless. And so it's almost as if he's inviting us to know what goodness looks like and to be so busy embracing and in loving those things that reflect God's nature and character that it's not even a question that we would chase after other things. I'm so glad you pointed us this verse. Thank you so much. Would you just take a moment and pray this verse for all of us as we close today? Heavenly Father, you are the giver of all good gifts. Your character and your nature radiates throughout your creation. And even though we are often drawn to look at things that are less than, things that are not true, things that are not honorable, we know that you are calling us to the goodness of who you are and your good gifts. We pray that you will give us eyes to see your character, to see things that are true, to, to chase after things that are just and pure and lovely and commendable, that our lives would be so full of those things that reflect who you are, that we would be made like you through them. We ask this all in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.